One can say having an identity is a cornerstone of foundation for our being. It's as simple as what we identify ourselves to be. What we tell others of who we are and how we frame what we do. But finding, forming that identity is not a singular moment in our lives. It's constantly shifting and is defined by different key crucible moments in our lives and our failures plays a huge role in defining that depending on how we frame it. In this week's episode of Talk to Me, I speak to Anthony Trucks, former NFL player turned identity shift coach on how can we shift our identity and reframe our failure. This is going to be a short episode of TTM, so take this as a part 1 with Anthony. And in this part, we first unpack what we feel identity even means and why is it important to have one. We peek back at Anthony's story from his early days in the foster care system, his successes, failures, and the crucible moment that helped him reframe those failures. Most importantly, we talk about how reframing your failures as a key ingredient for any one of us in our journey towards shifting and forming that identity that can lead us to limitless potential. And a special mention, Anthony Trucks is actually one of our experts on Nicole, which is a learning experience platform geared towards accelerating your skill, growth, career, and future. And later on this month, which is April, Anthony will be releasing some special content on Nicole on his channel for all of y'all who are subscribed to Nicole. A little bit more about Nicole later on at the end. But for now, have a listen. Okay, we're here, episode 12, and yes, another 5 a.m. one, but we're going across the pond again, and this time, this time, this time, this time, we've got former NFL player turned identity coach, Anthony Trucks on the other end. Uh, shall I say good afternoon, Anthony? Well, it's good yes, morning here. Yes, afternoon, man. It's <laughs> 2 o'clock in the afternoon, my side of the world. How you been, Anthony? I'm good, man. I appreciate you getting up early to hang out with me. I'm glad I get to start your day off right, too. Yeah, I think after this, I'm going to go and like drip myself a coffee so that I can have a wonderful day after this. But Anthony, we've got a little time with you, so we're going to get right into it. I've got a big question to start off with. All right. All right. The big question is this. Like we keep on talking about identity, having an identity, right? Yeah. But what is an identity to you? What do you think an identity is? It's who you are when you are not thinking about who you are who you are when you're not thinking about who you are wow okay i'd blow your mind at 5 a.m get a response like that from anthony (laughs) well it's it's, you know what it is because when you try and describe it if i ask what's your identity it's actually tied to neuroscience it's a part of your brain called the default mode network the Mm -hmm. dmn Mm -hmm. if i ask who you are this part it it actually shuts down you start thinking of conscious stuff of oh i'm a father i'm a teacher i'm a coach i'm a brother i'm a a podcaster right Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is there's moments, if you think about it, when you're just sitting there, everything's quiet. You look out the window and you see a train go by or you see people walking around and you just see things and your brain's still doing things, processing. It's thinking about something. It's, or it's a heated moment. You know, somebody cuts you off and your brain reacts a certain way. Mm. That, that is, that's when that part lights up, first of all, Mm. but it's actually who you are in those moments. Are you, are you fight or flight? Are you fearful? Are you happy? Are you optimistic? Are you joyful? Are you, are you present? Like these are things that, that are you and they show up in the moments when we're not actually thinking about it. It just, it's just who we are in those moments. Right. And okay. So the way that you mentioned it, it's, it's not something 
you can say that you have a full grasp on. It's something that happens to you in some sense. It's something um, that you kind of feel like, you know, day to day could shift. But what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, it can. I mean, you. So the thing is, it comes through, like it oozes through in the moment. So when you're asking what an identity is, it's different than what an identity does. Right. Right. So right. what it is, is part of you. It's, think about a computer program. Right. You got, you know, computers, mm-hmm. they have the software operating system, Mac OS, you know, Windows, mm-hmm. that's the operating system. Now the mm-hmm. programs that float on top of that, you know, your, you know, Microsoft Word, Zoom we're using, those are programs that do their thing. And every once in a while, these programs, the operating system need updates, mm-hmm. right? And what ends up happening is we just snooze it, pops up, snooze. I don't want to deal with that right now, right? Mm-hmm. And then after a while, it's like all of a sudden the computer crashes. You get that spinning wheel of death. It won't move. I can't open the program. It doesn't work very well. And we end up having like reboot the whole system. We got to sit there and wait. And then finally it's done. And then we go ahead and start. And I can use it again. Mm-hmm. But we are these, we are the computer. We're the human hardware, physical mm-hmm. body. Mm-hmm. The operating system is our identity. It's just there in the background. The programs are our career and our relationships and the hobbies. These things are all floating around. Mm-hmm. But if that operating system can't function, we shut down when everything hits the fan. Mm-hmm. It's spinning wheel of death. So what it does is it allows you to show up in your life in certain ways to run the programs of your life, which ends up being the things that you experience life as. Mm. Am I right to say this? Because the way you kind of say this is, I see identity has equal value of what are your principles? What that guide you? What are the things that on a day-to-day tells you that, look, I like to do this thing this way. If not, that doesn't sync with me. So I don't think I want to do it that way. So this means in, at work or when you're talking to somebody, when you're talking to a spouse, when you're talking to your kids, um, how you raise your kids, all of those things are defined by, like you say, the operating system. And then you take your actions. So is that, is yeah. that a, a fair way to kind of look at it? That's somewhat fair. Yeah, there's actually a way that I look at it, like what comprises your identity. There's three main areas that comprise your identity. Mm-hmm. This is great because you're going in depth that I didn't think we we're going to go into, but I'm happy. I'm hoping it helps you get clarity on it. Yeah. So we've talked about what an identity is and what it does. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the concept of a metaphor of a computer. You're asking mm-hmm. now what comprises an identity, right? Mm-hmm. What it is, is different than what it's made up of. Right. So what it's made up of are three primary pieces, which is beliefs, thoughts, and actions. Beliefs. Which holds your principles, your values, like the beliefs. What are my beliefs that I was raised with that I'm and set with that I believe certain things, but my values, my principles in the world? How is my brain thinking through stuff consciously and subconsciously? Mm-hmm. And then what actions am I taking from this? And they can happen like that in an instant. It could happen. I could see somebody walking on the street right now, and in my head, they're on fire. I believe that they shouldn't be on fire. And I believe I should help them because I'm a firefighter. My thought is go help them right now. My body goes, all right, we're running. Mm-hmm. It can happen that quickly, right? Fire, whoop, I'm out there. And that can, it can go through all three of those parts of my identity. But if for some reason you believe, I'm not supposed to put people out. I don't know how to take care of fires. No action. Or you believe I can do it, but, but what if they sue me because I do something wrong? Oh, I'm not taking the action, right? This is different levels of it. And it all happens very quickly. So what's comprised of is different than what it is and what it does. See all the weirdness around it? <laughs> yeah. And, and your example is perfect because... I, at some point in my life, I was a certified first aider, first responder. Yeah. So I, I felt that exact example of a firefighter thing where um, I used to do this thing called highway duty. So during festivals, we go on the highways, we wait on the highways. If an accident happens, then we're there to respond to that, that accident that happens. And I, I, I've seen just around me, now that I think back at it, I see it around me. When I arrive at the accident spot, Yeah. I see people looking. And probably in their head, it's the... What should I do? 
I, I think I don't know what to do. I believe I don't know what to do, so I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to yeah. leave the guy lying there. But when I get there, it's instant. Like, that's not even a question. It's straight away, okay, I got to go do something. I got to mm-hmm. go do something. It's my responsibility to do something. Hence, I spring into action. Yeah. So I think this goes back again to what we just talked about, about that whole belief system, uh, the, the things that comprise your identity, which, which kind of springboards you to do things, right? Yeah. Yeah. But questions this, those three things you mentioned, which make up an identity, right? They're not static, right? They, they change over time. Yeah, things they can affect you and, and change over yeah. time. And, and this is where I kind of want to dig into your story a little bit. Yes, I was stalking you on your website, LinkedIn, and your stories. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, like to know about me. Yeah. And, and your life story, well, let's just say that as the weight of close to every challenge you could possibly get, like even from the point of your, where you started from, your, your story where you started from the foster care system and you went to a family which is full white and then when you got into NFL, your injuries, when you got into your fitness business, uh, your family, the difficulties you had there, the bankruptcy that you had, then you also mentioned that you had one. And everywhere I look, there's always this one sentence that you mentioned, one crucible moment of a conversation that changed everything. So if hmm. you don't mind, I'm going to ask you this question. You don't have to say who it was, but... Yeah. What was this conversation? What what made you have this huge shift from Man. all the I don't use that F word here, failure, but I mean there were failures in your life, right? But yeah, what no, failure, yeah, failures are part of it. Yeah. So what what was in that conversation that made the shift? You know it's fine. I don't know if it's there's definitely usually one pivotal like it like the final straw that breaks the camel's back thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly, like there's a few conversations, but I, I think the one that you're probably talking about is one that I had with my mom. Mm. And then there's one that I, that had an internally too. Right. Mm. So I, yeah, I went through a lot of grew up in, in foster care, had a lot of craziness happen. Kid young, you know, didn't know my dad, met my dad. Like it just beat a whole lot of statistics in the foster care system. Cause mm. statistically in America, 75% of inmates in prisons are former foster kids like me. Oh, wow. We're not given very many, you know, outs. 50% of the homeless population are like me. Less than 1% of us will graduate from university or college. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening is we're, we're stuck. And I got out of it. Mm-hmm. But no, what it was, was I'd gone through this up and down post-NFL, life fell apart. And I was just like, I was going towards the direction of being a statistic somehow. Just kind of mm-hmm. just being a dude and not doing very much. But then my mom, and she was diagnosed when I was 14 with multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. And then in 2014... She was the back end of a 17 year battle with, with the whole d- the disease. And she, you know, she succumbed to it, unfortunately. Mm. And in those moments, I remember there was two moments distinctly. One moment was the moment where I was holding her hand and my, my dad and my grandma and I watched her take her final breaths. Like mm. we watched her inhale and not inhale again. We watched it. Mm. And the other moment was, was about an hour prior to that moment where I was in the room with her quiet, private. I got my own time to kind of talk to her. She was still unconscious because she just kind of was, you know, on life support, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I made two promises. And the first promise was, mom, will figure this thing out. Because I, at this point, I was divorced, not a present dad, like business wasn't going very well. I was out of shape. His life was not that fun. It was not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It was bad, man. I was just not doing the greatest things in the world. Mm-hmm. And the other promise was when I figured this out, I'm going to do for other people what you did for me. Because she mm-hmm. pretty much took in an unconditionally loving this kid that had no reason to deserve it. And she helped my life be better. 
Hmm. It's like, well, if, if you can do it for me, if I can find some way to pay homage and say, thank you, I'm going to do it for the rest of the world. So hmm. it turned into me at the time, having no idea how to do it, hmm. like just finding a way to, to do it. So first step was my own life, right? That hmm. was the first step out of that. And the second step was like, once I figured out my life, like I was divorced and everything, I got my family back together, remarried my ex-wife, have a great marriage, have a great family, got I'm in great shape, business runs smooth. Mm. All the things are moving. And like, I was like, all right, now it's time to, uh, to get out to the world. So now I, I start doing these things in the world and I find that the world enjoys it. And mm. this is a sweet spot for anybody in life. This is not just for people in entrepreneurship. This is a sweet spot when you can do something you love mm. and people love that you do it. Mm. It's a different space. Because now what happens is you're doing something that does not feel like it's effort. It's like it's, it doesn't feel like it's painful. It feels like it's like smooth and easy. But people love it. And you're like, wow, I'll just keep doing that. Like, it's like the kid that tells a joke. People laugh. They keep telling the joke. You know, yeah. it's the same thing. So at that point, man, I've, I've, I've floated into a space where I work in a realm of identity because that was one of the things I consistently had to navigate for myself. All the different parts of my life, foster care, all-white family, sports athlete, non-sports athlete, divorced parents passed all these different things. I got through them and I said, wow, I, I somehow have navigated that pretty well. Mm-hmm. And if I can help other people learn to do that, then I want to do that. And so I started teaching that and I started making processes. I created something called a shift method that actually helps people shift into that identity that they, they craft themselves. Mm-hmm. And dude, it's been amazing to watch my mom come through me in a way that affects the world. Wow. Wow. And so you mentioned two things there. One is something if you were to say part of your influence circle per se, but it's external and one is internal to you. How important is that, that you have these two conversations? Because most people are looking for something, something to happen, something yeah. out, out there to come and help themselves, but they forgot, they forget about themselves. Tons. I hate that the people feel that they have a catalyst moment. This was my moment. It doesn't have to be the precipice, it was all about to fall down. And all of a sudden you decided like, you know, like this is the last moment and raw and we go, this is not a movie. Your life mm-hmm. isn't a movie, you know? You can turn into a movie, but it's not a movie. Mm-hmm. And what I've found is people are always waiting for this moments in time. All of a sudden this, the, the doors open up and there was just like, bah, the big gong hit and all of it, you know? But it, it can be, honestly, you wake up one day, you didn't go, you know what? I don't like my life. That could be your moment. That could, could just say, you know, I woke up one day, I realized I didn't like this anymore. So I decided to change some things and mm. it turned into me changing everything. Like that could be it. And I think that there is such a, like a lack of, of resonance and a lack of respect for that being a possibility that people just sit in their lives for far too long. Because the truth is like, you never realize how crappy you feel until you feel better. So for a lot of people, they're just, they're in the middle of crappy right now and don't even understand how much better it could be. And they've just been okay with crappy. So I think when I look at the things that I try to talk to people about, it's like, yeah, you can right now immediately wake up in this moment of listening to this podcast and go, let's take a look at my life and go, oh, what the hell am I doing? I don't like this job or this person. I don't like this body. Ah, I'm going to change something and then go. And then a year later, someone goes, what, what happened? I just decided I didn't want to be in that body anymore. <laughs> I mm. decided I didn't want to be in that job anymore. I just did that. Mm. That was it. Yeah, that was it. That was it. I just didn't want to do it anymore. I was tired of putting up with it and I wanted more. And that's all we need is people. We'll come back to that. There's something that, that you just mentioned, but I kind of want to tell people the story that I had, which is similar to that. I had a problem with alcohol in the younger life of myself. I was completely intoxicated most days, except for, I do not know why, but except for Monday, but most other days I was 
completely intoxicated. And you were right. While I was in there, I didn't know how crappy life was. I didn't know that I wasn't fully aware of everybody around me. I was just floating through life. I was thinking that was life. I, I needed that. I needed to keep that up in order to live each day. And you were right. There was just one day, one Saturday, I remember this. I woke up and immediately it's just like, you know what? I'm done with this. And from then on, not to say I don't drink at all. I hardly do. Yeah. I hardly do. If if I do, it's probably just a, a social event, one or two, and I'm good. I'd never want to reach that state again. And you're right. When I think back, it's when <laughs> I realized how crappy life was. Yeah. I wasn't aware. I, I wasn't fully aware of what I was saying, what I was doing, how I was affecting people. Yeah. That wasn't great at all. But back to the point that you mentioned just now, those kind of moments are far and few in between where you just have that moment where, you know what, I'm done. Most people are afraid. They're afraid of change, essentially, because for them, they live in this space right now. Life is this. They do not know what's life after this. They do not know what happens when I change. Mm -hmm. How can one person get past that fear? Because that's so overwhelming. They, it's, yeah. it's hard to get past that barrier. It's, a, it's not that overwhelming, though. I mean, it is if you make it that overwhelming. We create monsters in our head that have mm. no teeth. You know, mm. we, we create toothless monsters. Well, so what's going to happen? You're not going to die. I mean, short of you jumping out of a plane, you're not going to die. So what, what's going to happen? We're, we're, if you think about how a muscle is grown, mm. how, do, how do you build a muscle? Like I, I work out, it's mostly the football stuff. I have to create some, you know, resistance. Mm -hmm. And the, the body goes, huh, let me respond to this resistance by, by bidding stronger. Mm. And does anybody ever lift a weight, get stronger and go, ew, I'm stronger. Ugh, I hate this. <laughs> Nobody. No. Nobody ever did that. No. <laughs> does anybody get a bigger, stronger muscle and go, oh, this big muscle? Uh. No, nobody does that. And the only way that it takes place is by having that outside resistance. And so what we're afraid of, which is odd, is we're afraid of the weight, but we're not even thinking about the strength that comes with it. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be a little bit weird, a little bit scary. But the truth of the matter is, man, like if you can learn to enjoy the workout, it's all that much more fun because now you're not only enjoying the workout, you're also enjoying the result of it, right? I tell people mm. you got to fall in love with the day, mm -hmm. not the destination. Because mm. when you fall in love with the destination only, you hate the day. I don't care who you are. If you had a bad trip and you show up to this hotel, it could be beautiful. But if you had the longest flight layovers, the flight attendant threw up on you, baby kept crying, everything, and you get to that hotel, I don't care how nice it is. You're not going to walk in the hotel and go, oh, yay. It doesn't happen. <laughs> you get there and go, God, long, at least this is good. Ugh, you know. But listen to this in reverse. If you find a way to love the trip, instead of flight attendant who threw up on you, um, you know, force you to get a different shirt, and then that different shirt you had to get from some guy sitting next to a woman who was just awesome. You had a great conversation the rest of the trip. Mm -hmm. And during that layover, you guys had to hang out and I got to know her. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we, we parted ways. I got her phone number though. And then I got to go experience a restaurant I didn't know existed while I was waiting for my room to get made. And I get there and the room is crappy. It's mm -hmm. busted up crappy. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm, if I'm in a good mood, I will walk up and go, the room sucks. Hey, could get in the room kind of sucks, but you're still in a good mood. You know what I mean? Like, and so imagine if you get there, the room is great and you get there, oh, beautiful, right? It's all amazing. So it's a matter of falling in love with like the day. And part of the day is that stuff that you talked about, mm. the things that are scary, that, that they're, we're apprehensive to do. But when you can learn to love those things, that's when the game changes.
You don't live in the same reality that you have lived your entire life. It's vastly different because you see things differently. This is an identity thing. Mm. How you see something is based on who you are and what you have in you, mm. right? Mm. So when you can learn like that shifting isn't just about action, action, or achieve something. It's quite literally about how you experience the world around you, how life is lived. Like I could be a vastly different, unhappy dude. I could mm. be a criminal mm. a whole lot, but I, I'm just not that guy. I shifted my identity away from statistics and norms and I'm a guy that loves life and I'm in a joyous place, right? Even when things happen that would piss most people off, they're like, dude, how do you stay happy through that? I'm like, well, because of, and I found a way to look at it that's different. My identity chose to go looking for it. So yeah, it is scary. Those things are difficult, but that's mm. just, that's more of a reflection of a person's identity than it is the situation. I don't know how it's in the States, but here, like in the Asian region, Malaysia, most of our systems and the things that we live around is geared towards what is the end result? Like we go through our education system. It is, yeah. we mug the way that it's set up, that it's not even about the experience of learning. It's not even that the knowledge that you're gaining and the process that of experience that you're building for yourself as you study the thing. Yeah. It mm-hmm. is, you do this because you've got a test at the end of the semester. You've got to ace that test and only then are you done. So everything is so achievement orientated. Everything is about that result at the end. Even when they come to work, it's always about, okay, what are your metrics? What are the things that you got to achieve in order to say that you've done things right? Is everybody happy? I don't think so. Like, okay, maybe I'm a, I'm a weird one out compared to most because I don't exactly have a goal in life, but I have a purpose in life. Gotcha. So to, to me, each day is fun because I'm not chasing after something. As long as I know that I'm living my purpose, I'm completely happy. That's good. Yeah. And I think the thing is a lot of people don't have that. So, so here's the thing, even when you're chasing the day, like, you know, when you're, you, so your purpose still is getting you pointed in a direction, mm. right? So, so there may not be a definitive goal. And I'm not saying that you have to, I'm sure your goal is to, to be happy. If you said like, Hey, write down something you want. You'd be like, I want to be happy today. Like that could be a goal, right? Mm. Maybe you're not like, you don't have like, I want to make $17.37 every day for the next 365.2 days and, and 35 minutes. You're not, you know, there's no specific aspect to it, yeah. but there's a goal somewhere floating, right? Mm-hmm. And what I look at is even if a society is built, because America is similar, right? We have mm-hmm. got to go to school, get your degree, you work to make money to come home and do what you do. And you waste away for 30, 40, 50 years, then you retire and you die. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, like, that's what the system is set up to do. I don't want to live in that system because the system, the majority is unhappy. Mm. So I said, what do I got to do to enjoy my life in a way that's like, it's the human experience of actual life. I was like, well, I'm going to do things different. And so what that means is when I step into the space of what I'm doing, I have to find a way to get to destination, which is a little bit of freedom, Mm. but I don't want to do it no matter what it is, if I hate it every day. Mm. So although this system is set up that way, I totally get, it does not mean you have to be in the same seat, but experience the same ride. Mm. Right. Mm. So I could, if I'm on a train, I could sit right next to you. You could be looking at everything horribly. Mm. I could find a way to look at it positively Mm. on the same train, going to the same place, to the same unit, take the same class. Mm. I get to determine how I experience this life. And all it is is a matter of, do I love only getting to the end and graduating? Or do I love the train ride every day? My friend, I get to talk to having lunch with different people, Mm. learning and loving learning enjoying taking tests, failing tests and enjoying getting better at them, right? Can you find a way to enjoy it? Because when you do, 
it's bliss because now you love the process to that place and you get there. It's like, oh, I love this. But you know what? I, I'm going to spend so much more time on the process. I want to get back to the process. Like if we climb a mountain right now, mm. are you going to spend more time climbing it or hanging out at the peak of the mountain? Climbing it. Right? So why not enjoy climbing the mountain and not just hate the whole climb and only hack when I get to the top and then be unhappy the moment I leave it? If someone wants to make a shift, if someone wants to make a shift, let's, let's even start about your, your fears, your predominant fears in life. And if I want to make that shift to start changing how I see things, I don't want to just let my day be sucky because all these bad things happen. And when I reach there, I'm in this complete bad mood. How can a person start? Is this a magic pill that something that one thing a person can do? Or is it a few things that they got to start doing before they start experiencing this shift? A few things. Usually the first, the first couple of things will test your ego big time though, but it's a few things. Uh, here's a statement that I, it's actually a quote and it's two statements that kind of attach to each other. So the first one is Albert Einstein's and he says, no mind can solve a problem with the same consciousness it used to create it. Right. And it's not my, don't, don't, I'm not taking this quote. I'm just telling you what he, what the man said. And I was like, okay, so what ends up happening is like whatever I did to get to this place where I'm, I'm stuck and I feel funky, my thinking is not going to get me out of here. Typically mm-hmm. like almost, you know, and there's other one, the statement is it's hard to see the label when you're inside the jar. So when I'm in it, I'm completely oblivious to it. Not only do I now know that my mind can't solve it. I am oblivious to this mm-hmm. mind. I don't even see how it sees things things. It's just, it's like a fish in water. Just, it's just in water. Fish don't know they're in water. They're just in water, you know? Mm. And so it's like this concept of like, I'm just, I'm just here. So the first thing is to expand your consciousness. And, and there's a lot of ways to do it. I know on your side of the world is a bunch of ways, same here, probably some are similar, but one, one way that I do that is more tangible is I just have conversation with people who know me is I can then go into the world and say, look, Hey guys, I, I want to get here. And they can go, yeah, I know you want to get there, but you, you don't follow through very well. You don't like to learn. As you get the feedback, you can go, oh, damn, I didn't even notice that about myself. I didn't see this about myself. One thing people can do, text your friends and family. This is an interesting exercise that people do when they want to find out what their core skills are. I say, text your friends and family. And I want you to ask them, hey, if you could extract one thing out of my life, out of my head and plug it into your life to have success, what would it be? Hmm. And you'll be blown away by the responses. You can do it to like 50 people. You're going to get like 40 responses that are different. You know, there's always these things. And then you start to see like, oh, that's who I am. Mm. I didn't even know that that's who I was at times. Right. So if you want to go down a direction, the first thing is no matter what it is, I first got to see where I'm at. And so when I can have these conversations and figure out where am I at, I can then plot a faster path. Cause a lot of people, they just leave the house, start walking around places and they're like, well, what are you doing? I'm doing work. I'm doing a morning routine. I'm working out. I'm doing that. Well, where, where are you going? Where are you coming from? I don't know. Well, then you need to walk around all day until you find the destination. You may walk around the rest of your life before you find grandma's house. Like you got you to have this path. And so what a lot of people don't do is drop the ego, listen to people in their life and find out what they need to work on that may not be fun to work on, but is necessary. That's the first piece at all times. Well, while you're talking about that, it reminded me of uh, when I used to do theater. And mm. we used to have this saying, every time we walk into the studio for a rehearsal, all of us, it's like a chant that we say, drop the ego at the door. Mm-hmm. Drop the ego at the door. Yeah. When you come into this space, you are an empty slate. Mm-hmm. So we keep on saying that 
And it kind of works because when we get into that space, all of us somehow get in sync with each other. And when I say in sync with each other, we're not all the same, but all of us are learning things quickly because there's nothing blocking us from actually taking that experience in. And, yeah. and I think that is powerful in the sense where ego rears itself in, in many different ways. Even our fears is, is part of our ego coming into play to actually stop mm-hmm. us from doing something, to actually stop us yeah. from actually taking that first step. Um, but I got a question as well. Sure, we can start, right? We can start. We can drop the ego and we can start working at it. Uh, we can sort of, instead of keep on painting the picture and being so close to the canvas, take a step back mm-hmm. and look at the whole yeah. canvas itself and see where it's going. But is this a race? Because most people think that it's a race. Should people just, you know, when they set time for themselves, or should they even set time for themselves when it comes to shifting themselves? Yeah, you know what's funny is I have a, a buddy who he's like, I, he's like, I don't have deadlines because like, I just like to work and when I get there, I'll get there. And I grasp his perspective. I don't fully agree with it, but I get it, right? And, and then some people, like, they, they can't rest until they've got to that point. And I think on either standpoint, you end up falling in, in like, a weird kind of love with the process. Because mm. think about it. People who are so, like, they don't have a deadline. They just kind of get used to going at that tick. You can't make them go faster. They're not motivated to go faster. Mm. And then people that are going so fast, like, that they finish the goals, they get right back to another one. They, mm. they can't slow down. And, and I realized with that kind of, uh, you know, distance between two massive endpoints of I go too fast and I go too slow, I don't think there is a perfect pace. I think it's, here's what I think it matters. The th- if you look at the things that matter in your life are negatively affected by the pace you're going towards this, then it's the wrong pace. However, if the things that you, you care about in life are positively affected by the pace you're going and what you're getting done, I think it's right. And it's all relative to what you think, right? So for some people, they don't care that their relationship with their wife or husband sucks. They're like, whatever, they're around, this is going to be whatever, right? Some people are like, I want to make sure it's great. Some people don't care to be around their kids that often. Some people want to be home with their kids. And the only difference is, well, do you stay at work longer? Do you leave work early? Like, there's just a matter of how does it show up? It's really what it boils down to is you ask if there's a pace, there's no perfect pace. It's just, what's your perfect pace? Keeping in mind, it's always relative, I think, based on the things that really matter, that you really appreciate and enjoy. If those get affected negatively by the pace to your goal, the pace is off. You got to slow it down, right? And if they aren't helping your goal, it's not that they're not like hurting, but they're not like really going at the same tick. Maybe you got to speed up a little bit, right? Because maybe I can't go with my kids and hang out and walk because I'm, I'm out of shape and chubby and I need to get in better shape to be able to run with them. You see what I'm saying? There's always dynamics. And again, it's all relative to its effect on what matters most to you. If you, if you kind of ask yourself, why am I doing something that I'm doing? That will give you an answer of, okay, what's the result here? Am I really helping that person? Like example, like whenever I do anything, even in this podcast, the reason why I do this is because I have this inert purpose of adding value to others mm-hmm. in whatever way or form. And I ask myself, why am I doing this? Am I adding value to somebody? Did I end up adding value to somebody? If yes, great. If no, why not? Am I going too slow? Am I not doing enough? So that may be a perspective to look at. Like if you're doing something, ask yourself, why are you doing this in the first place? And from that question, say that, okay, am I getting the result that I said, why for? 
If I'm not, yeah. why? Why am I not getting it? Is it because I'm going too slow? Is it because I'm not doing enough? Or is it because I'm not paying attention to myself or what myself is saying to myself? And if you don't get the right answer, you know you got to shift. If you get the right answer, great. That allows you to move on to the next thing. The good thing is it's all relative, man. There is, there's no one that comes along with a clipboard and says, oh, you're right. It just is or it isn't based on you. And I think that, that is something everyone should take back right now. Like we sometimes are our worst critic most days because we, we bang ourselves so hard and we say that, look, I'm just not doing enough. I'm not, I'm not good enough. And I think, and maybe this is a question I want to ask you as well. Like most people do this and they should appreciate themselves, right? Just even, even if life isn't going great, they should appreciate themselves. I think so. I think that's the start of it all. If you don't at least appreciate yourself, here's the thing. I'm not going to show up for someone I don't like and appreciate. Mm. Like if, if I have a friend who I like and appreciate and they ask me, Hey, can you get up at five in the morning and go on a podcast and record? If I don't like and appreciate that person, I'm like, hell no, I'm not going to get up in the morning. I'm going to stay sleeping. Right. I like but that I'm, plug. I like that plug. Like that plug right? <laughs> but if it's somebody that, that I do, like I'll do it. But if I don't like them, like I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to show up for that person, right? So same thing for us. Mm. If you don't like and appreciate yourself, you ain't going to show up for yourself in those moments when you got to get the workout, you got to say that thing or have that meeting or film that video or mm. you know have that work meeting and, and put yourself out that you won't do it. Mm. But mm. on the flip side, like if you do appreciate and love yourself, you will hold yourself to the goals that you've set for yourself and the pace you're moving because you don't want to let yourself down. It all, it all boils down to who am I letting down? Mm. If I don't care about myself, I don't mind letting myself down. But if I do, I won't do it. But I think it starts there, right? With yourself, because always does. The worst, the worst feeling of disappointment, and most people get this wrong, I feel, is not disappointing the other person. It's actually disappointing yourself. Oh yeah. And if I use that example that you just used, plug, because we woke up at 5 a.m. to speak to Anthony, mm. is actually that thought. If I didn't wake up on time, like yesterday when I set my alarm before I went to sleep, I knew that I gotta wake up earlier than usual to talk to you. And I knew the thought in my head was not, what if I didn't wake up and Anthony was on the other line? It's more of, how would I feel for myself if I actually missed this? Mm. What would I feel for myself if I actually didn't wake up on time? Didn't wake yeah. up in time to wake up, stretch, and get ready to sit down here and, ask, and talk to you. I know I'd feel really sucky. Uh, I yeah. feel like I've, I've completely failed myself because I made this commitment to wake up at five and talk to you, but then I just didn't. I, and, and till this point, we have never spoken. We have never spoken live like this. So I think people should start there. Start with yourself first because you're going to meet so many people in your life and some of them you don't know. But if you start with yourself first, at least you know that you won't fail yourself. And it trickles out. I think what's crazy is like the way that I will treat myself, it informs other people of how to treat me, mm. but it also informs me of how to treat other people, mm. which... At the end of the day, we're human beings that are built on connection and relationship. And if I don't know how to manage a relationship, then I, I can't, be, I won't be in them and I'll miss out on some of the best parts of life. But the, the relationship that legitimately allows you to understand how to manage the rest of them is the one you have it yourself. So if you can't even do well with the one you're always in, how are you going to do well with the ones that, that are outside of you? I know that we now got about three minutes more before you've got to run and you've got a busy schedule before the next two days come along. So I usually leave this spot for whomever I'm talking to to do any plug that you want, anything that is coming up, anything you want the audience to know about, 
Yeah, man. Uh, I got a book come out in September called Identity Shift. If you want to mm. kind of grab that bad boy, you can go to identityshiftbook.com. Or if someone's like, hey, I really I like what this guy's talking about. I want to know more about him. You can go to anthonytrucks.com or just go to Instagram and look me up at Anthony Trucks. It's probably the best ways to find me. All right. So three things, Anthony's book, his website, and also Instagram. I'm going to add a fourth one to it. So we here in Malaysia, we're part of the whole Nicole team as well. We're doing something with Anthony and that's coming up real soon as well. That's going to be exclusive to those of y'all who are on Nicole, which leads you to Anthony and something special that Anthony has. That's coming up real soon as well. So Anthony, thank you so much for your time, man. It's been awesome talking to you this morning, afternoon over there. This afternoon for me. Yeah. Yeah. Man, no problem. Man. I've enjoyed it myself. And hope that the rest of the day that you got is going to be wonderful. Thank you. Same to you. All right. Thanks, Anthony. And to the listeners out there, hope you had a good listen. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Hope that was a good listen for all of you. And looking forward to having you with us in the next episode, released every Friday. Talk to Me is brought to you by Nicole. It's a learning experience platform that brings you AI-powered personal and contextual learning with expert curated curriculum and communities that allows any customized blended learning solutions all in one app. The team at Nicole aims to provide a tool for everyone to choose as well as accelerate their skills, growth, career, and future. So we invite you to join us. Check out nicole.app to find out more and Let's Nicole.